then. I need a breather. Okay. Okay, so I guess we'll jump jump into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. We're back. We're back. Sorry about last month. We missed one. First time. First time we ever missed one. First time we've ever missed one. We have a very good reason. I think we're actually going to talk about that a lot today. Probably. (laughs) It's probably the biggest thing on my mind lately. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But we will tie it into game audio and freelancing and working in games and i think how it applies to the filter that you should listen to our uh, podcast through so matt what's going on i'm sick that's I'm sick really i'm i'm an unknown level of sick right now yeah and this is uh incredibly frustrating so last it's been a month and i still don't know what's going on um and that's why we missed the podcast last month because last month i was really sick mm-hmm. that's when it really hit me um i ended up uh Going to emergency, um, getting diagnosed with pneumonia, that they were like, it's walking pneumonia. You've had this for we don't know how long. I'm like, fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so that took me out. I missed a week of work straight out there of just being like super dead at home. Couldn't do anything. Um, really weird. My fingertips got super painful and got super red like they were full of blood and blistered and like i couldn't type i couldn't do anything yeah i couldn't use my hands yeah and who needs who in game audio needs their fingertips nobody yeah and my lungs uh are fucked yeah so i have no capacity like i go up my stairs to go to my apartment two flights of stairs and i'm just wiped it i get to the top and i'm totally out of breath right now talking I'm actually getting out of breath. Holy cow. Just talking for this long. Right. Um, so, so that went on. I was like, oh, pneumonia. Okay, drugs. We'll deal with this. Uh, go back, you know, a couple more doctor visits, a whole bunch of more tests. I think I've counted at this point. I've had uh, over 30 vials of blood taken out of me. Holy cow. Maybe that's why it, you're tired. <laughs> in like two weeks. Jeez. Um, so I went back to another, you know revisit another doctor and they're like oh you know by the way pneumonia takes six to eight weeks to get over and i'm like fuck nobody told me that yeah um but she's like ah but your tests are showing this other stuff i'm going to send you to another specialist because i think there may be something else going on Mm -hmm. so wait for another thing go to another specialist he's like i don't think you've got pneumonia at all i think you've got an autoimmune skin disorder that's causing an interstitial lung disease. Crazy. Which is a whole lot of big scary words. Yeah. Basically. So now I'm in the, did a whole bunch more tests, waiting to go back to see the doctor, and he's going to determine if that's actually what's going on, and then start treatment for that, which Mm -hmm. is uh, a lifelong thing. Right. That's not something that gets cured. That's just something I have and treat. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully treat and put into remission, and right. you, know, you can have a like no symptoms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like herpes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, right now I'm in like waiting land. Yeah. Which, I mean, physically I'm still super crummy. My hands are still bothering me. I still can't breathe right. Yeah. Mentally, I'm like 
stressed, super stressed, depressed, like just freaking out because I don't know what's going on. I'm still in the like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I could come on the podcast next month and go, oh, yeah, that that thing. Totally don't have that. I've got something totally different. Right. You know, allergic to oats. Stop eating them oats. Stop eating those oats. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff that's kind of brought up about this is like it's derailed everything about work, not work, side projects, like all the music stuff is just like stopped. A lot of times I don't have the energy. I've I've mentally have the motivation because mm-hmm. I'm like going stir crazy, not doing anything. Right. But I'm like physically, I'm just like I'm exhausted. I come home and I'm like, I can't do anything. Yeah. We're recording the podcast on a weekend. Yeah. Because after work. Oh, I couldn't do it after work. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, we, usually, we usually just, usually I just go to Clay and we record it at 6 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. Staying that extra like hour and a half at work. No, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, on a weekends, I sleep for just like half the day. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I'm sleeping until like 11 and stuff. Just cause, and that's just let myself sleep. That's not normal. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not really. <laughs> Just me. Okay. Freelancer. <laughs> Just me and Caitlin. Yeah. Um, so I've got like no energy to do any of my music stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, extra, extra stuff is just falling by the wayside. Right. Which sucks. This week was GDC talk submission time. Like, Which you always wanted to do. So I'm like, I have to get this in. Like, And it was it was an ordeal to like, write. I have to like, when I get home, I have to write a, a thing. I have to do this. Because usually I get home and I'm just I'm exhausted, blobbing on the couch. Right. So shit like that, I'm like, I have to do this. This is, this is, you know, next year. I will be better by next year to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need to do, I need to get on it now yeah so oh good good some good news in that sort of area yeah uh me and kevin got accepted for game sound con oh great so we're awesome gonna, we're gonna be me and me and kevin are gonna be doing a talk about reels cool at game sound con so that's gonna be fun i'm doing a panel at dev at yeah Pax dev that's coming up quick yeah yeah that's next cool a week and a half i guess i need to find a place to stay <laughs> <laughs> so back to the sickness yes um Good things about it all are, I'm in Canada. Yeah, that's what, so I think what we want to talk about is support systems. Yeah. And one of the filters that you have to listen to our podcast to is the Canada filter. Mm-hmm. And I I really want to avoid, and everything here in Canada, everything's better than oh, in yeah. America. Like condescension. Cause no. I know people hate that. Yeah. Um, rightfully so. But these are considerations that American listeners, which I assume is the bulk of our listeners. Mm-hmm have to consider that we it's not that it's not that we're like we just it just doesn't occur to us yeah that these are considerations yeah and one of the big things about that is medical support systems yeah like i've i haven't thought once about going to any of my doctors about any of the tests i'm getting like mm-hmm. it's just like right i get it i do that all um it started out when i was like all right i'm feeling really crummy i'm just gonna go to emergency yeah I didn't think about what that was going to cost me or anything. That's a big support to have. Yeah. Back when I was freelance, like right now, I'm with Clay, so I actually have some extended medical and I have an even better support system. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was freelance and you're freelance, like we were talking about it before the podcast started, like what we pay in premiums 
when you pay your own medical in, in BC. And it's nothing compared to what I hear American friends having to pay for medical. Like, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I think ours is, and this is because we're kind of in an upper income tier. I think we I pay $160 a month, maybe 70 Yeah. The, the fact that I don't know off the top of my <laughs> head, it probably is a bit telling. So I think that's a lens that yeah has to be thought about when I'm handing out freelancing advice. So you have to think of what your support system is for you personally before you throw your life into this. Yeah. I think that's important because this could happen to anybody. When I when I went freelance, when I left EA, I went freelance. The medical support and what that was going to cost me for insurance and everything wasn't even a thought. Yeah. It was not something that crossed my mind one iota. Yeah. I was lucky that way. Mm -hmm. I think if I was, what's an American in the same situation, like leaving a AAA studio and I'm going to go freelance, that would be a very big concern of mine. Yeah. I've, I've talked to people who that is a very big concern of theirs and changes how they make decisions. When you got sick, I did because probably because I'm a narcissist or something. I was immediately like, oh, man, what if that happened to me? Yeah. I'd be screwed. But I, would, I wouldn't be, though. It yeah. would be, you know, a loss. I would probably lose some income of upfront work we're mm -hmm. working on. I think I have a good uh, support system with, with my staff. Yeah. That would be able to cover for me because they have covered for me in the past yep. um, when I went to Japan and have been on vacation and stuff, there'd be an incoming income dip, but yeah. there wouldn't be this massive expense spike Yeah, that I think freelancers have to worry about in the States a lot mm -hmm. more than we do. And I mean, I'm, I'm also incredibly lucky in that support system that I, I work for the company that I do mm -hmm. that is very much just go get better. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Just go get better. Yeah. You know, take whatever time you need to do to get better. Yeah. That's our, our company's trying to be the same. Uh, and I know other studios that would not be like that. Yeah. You know, that would be like, well, I guess you're taking vacation days to be sick or, you know, yeah, right. like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like, it's tough. And it's, it's, it's certainly tougher in other countries. Yeah. If, if you want to take the like indie freelance route. If you want to be the aggressive capitalist, <laughs> you better move somewhere more socialist. <laughs> Or something. Yeah. A little ironic. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think we have any specific advice on, on that, but it's it's something we hadn't thought about. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally hadn't really it's sunk The difference sunk in. in support systems and the whole chase your dreams mentality yeah. can be a bit idealistic when it can be so risky. Mm -hmm. Unless you incorporate first, I guess, and then you can go bankrupt on the company front, but not the personal front or something. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's some sketchy advice. Yeah. <laughs> Find a shady accountant. Yeah, shady accountants. <laughs> bankrupt the company and not yourself. That might be real advice. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, it might be real advice. Yes. Yeah. We would really like to hear from uh, American freelancers. We've got tons of pals. Yeah. And whether they're just, you know, tr are you just trying your luck or do you have a plan in place or is it something you just, do you just incorporate insurance costs into your budget? I assume that's the most responsible way to go about it. And then if you want to go, if you want to have employees and stuff, how does that work? You probably have to make X more, X amount of money more. Yeah. In order to have an employee than my company would have to 
do probably yeah yeah but that's why i just i just everybody has an unlimited hat budget every month <laughs> just the perks of working at a shell in the pit yeah yeah you can just buy tons of hats <laughs> good to know if i'm really itching for more hats <laughs> might, make, might make a change <laughs> It's in the contract. Coming to work for Gord for the hats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we wanted to cover support systems. Yeah. I tying tying into support systems is mentoring. Mentorship. That's a kind of support system. The other system. thing we wanted to cover. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge support systems. Yeah. So I have taken part in the audio mentoring project. So have I. I have I have mentored mentored a person. We wrapped up the end of it and kind of have to wrap up the loose ends mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and we have talked about doing a stage two mentorship right. thing as well, con- continuing to do some work together. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was really great. I was I was lucky to get uh, somebody here in town. Mm-hmm. So we just would meet for coffee after work. And I thought like, oh, we're going to meet for coffee. We'll talk for like an hour. Yeah. I think we talked for at least two hours every time. Great if not two and a half. Like yeah. I was really like, Oh, Oh crap. I got, I got to go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here a really long time. Um, but it was great. It was a lot. I think, I think they got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. They seemed happy. I was really happy. It made me, made me think about lots of stuff. That's the thing I've noticed great. about teaching. Yeah. Anything. Cause so I've, I've taught guitar in the past. I've taught English in Korea for a year and a half. Um, and now I'm doing the audio mentorship project as well and anytime you have to teach it forces you to re-examine your fundamentals mm-hmm. um which i think is really great because yeah. the things you've taken for granted how do i explain this how do i explain this how do i explain this yeah you're kind of just like digging deeper into these things you haven't thought about yeah and sometimes you can realize things you've been doing wrong for years totally <laughs> yeah so i've i'm just re i'm just starting ours yep i'm working with elisa manis mm-hmm. i'm allowed to say that we We've agreed. Awesome. We don't care about it being a, a secret. Apparently, some people would care. Yep. So I guess. I mean, yeah. They. It's probably just better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been working on music stuff. Cool. Um, and particularly mixing things. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun because I I do really like mixing music a lot. Yeah. Um, and and I've but I've never really had much of a chance to mix other people's stuff. So. I love mixing that's been cool stuff. yeah 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 it's been great she's been super receptive and it's been helpful for me as well yep. and i've i've been a lot more interested in it than even i thought because i don't know i'm busy i stress out really easily yeah and uh i was like oh i'm gonna have to fit this in but right. uh it's it's been a joy so far so cool. it's nice what would be what would be the first piece of advice you'd give somebody who wants to be a mentor I would say have a few years under your belt. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us, and I'm speaking purely from my own perspective, mm-hmm. uh, I think I felt validated a lot earlier than I actually was. Right. I think I would have been willing to mentor people my second year in, and I think that would have been uh, not yeah. good. Yeah. Not great mentoring. I know a lot more now than I did then. <clears throat> um I might not have been the worst. I mean, it was doing the podcast then, so. <laughs> but uh, definitely have a lot more perspective and have made a lot more mistakes, particularly on the business side. And I think for most people, that 
once you've got a couple of things under your belt, this, this wraps slight tangent to mm-hmm. strictly mentoring. Um, but I think once you get like year or two under your belt, you've shipped a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I think that's that sort of almost dangerous level of knowledge. Right. Where you think you know everything at that point. Because yeah. you're like, I've done it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've put out a game. I did a thing. And it was, you know, I think especially if it's a success. Mm-hmm. You're just like I, you know, oh, I did the big thing. It was cool. It was, it was good. Yeah. Um, but you really don't know anything yet. Yeah. You, you, you've just got, you've sort of got enough validation to think you know everything. I and think. And then, like two years later, you're going to be like, I don't I know have, anything. Yeah, I have learned so much. Yes. Since that, that that old thing. So I think you're ready to mentor after you've gone through the I know everything back to the I know nothing. Yeah. Once you're at the I know nothing point. Yeah, that's probably a good a good place to say you could maybe do some mentoring because then you're actually going to have to do some research mm-hmm. from time to time rather than, you know, pulling stuff out of your ass. Yeah, I think there's this this mentality that ends up being a bit toxic mm-hmm. and it ties into the like fake it till you make it and start a blog, start a video series, do like put yourself out there of what you know. Like mm-hmm. that's being pushed on everybody. Like you come out of school and like make a blog, make a, make a video series. And it's like, yeah. but you don't know anything yet, but they do it. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. So you, mm-hmm. we, I think we've gotten a lot of people who are honestly very inexperienced shooting their mouths off about stuff that they don't know yet. Yeah. And in the long run, I think that can be uh, detrimental to you. I've said it on Twitter. There's a lot of people that need to shut up and listen for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. I still take that very much to heart. I find a lot of my best relationships evolve out of me not talking that much. I keep trying to remind myself to do it, too, because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I've been at this a while. I do know some things, but there's totally stuff I don't know anything about. And I could shoot my mouth off about them but if i take a second to go wait a minute you don't you don't actually know anything about that yeah yeah right okay yeah this person might know more i should i should defer to somebody who actually yeah knows this area or they might be shooting their mouth off too yeah um and we don't need to amplify that and i think advice for mentees yeah is definitely know who you're talking to Mm -hmm. i think it's very important to know the source of the information that you're getting. This yeah. is why I'm I'm pretty down on the, like the game audio subreddit mm-hmm. because it's anonymous yeah. and it's a lot of people shooting their mouths off that yeah. may or may not have experience. You don't know, and you and if you don't have the if you don't have the experience to know whether they're right or wrong, you're just going to accept that information. Yeah, um, as because they're pro- they're using some fancy words. There is a there's a lot of information out there that yeah. sounds right. For uh, for many reasons I've quit Reddit completely. Yeah. But now I spend all my time on Twitter. But mm-hmm. things are a little better on Twitter because you can often attach a name to the face. Yeah. And attach experience to the to that name and face. Mm-hmm. And then go listen to the work. Is it like what do you think of it? Yeah. Is this advice that I should heed? I I stay on Reddit for casual subjects yeah like passion subjects sort of like Mm -hmm. just things i'm into not anything professional yeah like i i I totally agree the anonymity of reddit game audio is a really bad thing for it yeah that's it that is should be a professional subreddit 
And in a professional setting, you I think you need to know who people are. Yeah. To be able to gauge that advice and know if people are know where they're coming from. Or, yeah. Here's well. a pretty prime example. So my wife is an effects makeup artist. She's the key effects makeup artist on uh, Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events. She knows what the hell she's doing. Yep. Uh, not too long ago, maybe two years ago, she was already professional then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still like pretty, uh, pretty into Reddit uh, yeah. and was like, you should check out the, the makeup yeah. subreddit. And I think she, the, someone, someone posted their makeup and I was like, why don't you give this person some advice? And she did. And she got nothing but down votes. She got torn to shreds. Yeah. And, uh, and i never made another comment again. And I think that was for the best. Yeah. And so... It's the same in every industry, basically. Yeah. And anonymity, people get to feel big about themselves, showing off what they think they know, yeah. but not necessarily with actual real world, world mm-hmm. experience. Because you can be better than anybody on the internet. And you can be a dog. You could be a dog. Yeah. You could be taking sound advice from a dog. Grey Cat has made some slack posts for me. <laughs> some... some <laughs> uh, cat, cat posts on the internet are always the best. Yeah. <laughs> We get tons of bug reports on Fantastic Contraption from cats. <laughs> tons of random strings of yep. characters. So another piece of advice, I think, that is good for mentees. Still always question the information that you're being given. Yep. Like to, to you know, know the person, but then also ju- don't accept everything just as like 100% fact, face value. Like, I think it's still really good to question mm-hmm. those things and go, okay, well, why? Why do I... This is maybe this is how they did it. How long ago was that? Yeah. That's another thing that with our industry is things mm-hmm. move incredibly, incredibly fast. Yeah. And newer, better ways to do things are coming up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe the way that X thing was done in 2005 is still works. Yeah. But is no longer that relevant. Or or maybe their con- the concerns that they had for whatever this thing is be it a file size or right what was what was the consideration of the game that you were doing that does that for? even matter anymore is it yeah. worth putting the time into that yeah because for a lot of our games we don't really have to take file size into consideration anymore mm-hmm. whereas whereas you know in t- in 2005 there were very advanced techniques for keeping the file size down yeah which are still valuable in some arenas yeah if you're doing not a, all of them if you're doing a mobile game you still want to still very valid and like yeah. like that's something you still need to pay a lot of attention to. But mm-hmm. if you're doing a PC game, yeah, maybe not so much. People like seeing a big file size when they download a game. They they attribute value to that. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is worth $30. Right. Because it's 30 gigs or something. I, I only know? paid a dollar a gig. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But then you get the flip side of that. People like, I know people with a Switch... Yeah, really value a small file size. Yeah, so it's back. Yeah, and that's one of those things of like as as fast as as we move, as fast mm-hmm. as our industry is moving and changing and, and getting better and adapting, there is these like times in which these really old techniques become valid again. Yeah, I started out mostly doing PSP ports, which was taking PS3 and Xbox versions and making them fit on the PSP, right. which was way smaller, way less memory, like. Smaller everything. And I found it incredibly value to like learn that skill set mm-hmm. and to start there where I wasn't just given, here's the world, yeah. do whatever you want. It was like, no, 
you've got this like tiny little island. Yeah. Make it work on that island. And I feel because I can make it work on that island, once I'm opened up to the whole world, I can use it more really effectively. St- stretch those wings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But post that is kind of when mobile got huge again. Mm-hmm. And there was this sort of dip of like, oh, I'm doing PSP. Only PSP people, developers, are really dealing with these sorts of things. Everyone else is on PC and the main consoles is like, they're getting to stretch their wings and mm-hmm. do really big, cool things. But then mobile came along and mobile blew up. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, we need to do all those like old school data reduction techniques. You know, MIDI is back. Yeah. You know, like making little samplers, like what PopCap has done. Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is like old techniques, but are now relevant to mobile. Yeah. So it is still, it's still good to look back on like, like, so maybe. Well, maybe I think if this you're... just feeds into the whole, like as a mentee, if anybody ever says this is the way to do something and this is the only way you should do it. Yeah. That person's probably bullshitting. They might just be a very opinionated person, but they yep. also might be inexperienced. Yeah. Because that is something inexperienced people say, because they've heard it from an experienced person. Therefore, this is the way you do it. Mm-hmm. And they want a binary answer. And that binary answer is not so binary after all. Yeah. You're closing doors. As soon as you accept a be all end all answer to anything, you've just closed all your doors for possibilities of innovation in the future. Yeah. Like I've, I, I've, I've seen lots of inexperienced people do the same, like mm-hmm. make very bold line in the sand statements of this is the way I do it. And I don't see why anyone would do it any other way. Yeah, because that's how you learn to do it in school. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of cases, yeah. Yeah. I go on Twitter and make bold line-in-the-sand statements, but I almost view them as a joke. Right. And mine are like, always use decapitator. I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> use use whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, at this point, I feel it's a caricature of myself and like, always use decapitator. Yeah. That's another like filter of like, when listening to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll make, I'll make Joe card lines in the sand. Yeah. What's the tone here? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm pretty sarcastic about those. Yeah. But that's even... Even if you're not taking away the sarcasm stuff, um, if you ask me for advice about like what, how do I process this? I'm probably going to use decapitator. It's good knowledge to know that dude doesn't shut up about that plugin. Yes. <laughs> okay. Little grain of salt with that. Yeah. That is a good technique, but maybe there's some other ones as well. Yeah. That is not the be all and only technique. That's just the one he loves. <laughs> yeah. As a mentee, being aware of your mentor's biases. Yes. Is incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, like, and hopefully you have a mentor that is aware of their biases. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've been that has been growing on me is a yep. continued awareness of my biases. Yeah, and advice if you're going to be a mentor. Yeah, figure out your biases. Because I, I mean, I think I think we're all biased in some way. Yeah, about lots of stuff. Um, we've all got techniques we love, plugins we love, like mm-hmm. ways of doing stuff, and I think knowing those. And being upfront of those, so you can be like, "Hey, I'm going to mentor you." Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. here's my top five plugins I love to death. Yeah. So if you ask me anything, I'm probably going to choose these ones. But yeah. and here are the reasons I like them. But because because I'm like I fab filter everything. Yeah. Um, because I don't like coloration. I like things clean. Mm-hmm. And but really, we can accomplish what we need to accomplish with. Any compressor, any multiband compressor, any yeah. EQ does not have I, to be as fast. I so. love Pro Q2 
for the interface. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing such radical ripping apart EQing. I could do that with like my stock, yeah. you know, EQs. I just like the interface better and I feel I can work a little quicker. But yeah. I, if you were like, no, you can't use that, I could still get the same sonic results with. Yeah. Or you could figure out ways to, even if you are doing the fancy side chaining stuff, and yeah. that you can figure out ways to do that yeah. without it. Um, as a mentor, you do not want to take your mentee and say, okay, before we can start, you need to go spend $1,000. <laughs> so that we're talking the same plugin language. Yeah. I would say that that is bad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I totally like I'm, you know, I haven't bought a plugin for a week and I start getting antsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, total junkie about it. But there's so much of my stuff that I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't need to bother buying this. Like, don't don't buy these. Like, mm -hmm. I like I like having a part of my toolkit, but they're not necessary. No. Um, I want to put together. Uh, I'm talking to somebody else about sort of putting together a like starter. What's your starter kit? Yeah. As a sound designer. And I want to sort of put together, like, outside of stock plugins, mm -hmm. what are the few plugins that you actually should buy? Yeah. That, like, basically are missing from stock DAW sets. Yeah. In, for the most part. And what are the cheapest versions of those things you can get? Yeah. Like, because it's not many. There's only, like, I think a couple that you should add. Yeah. Outside of stock. Because... And the stock stuff just keeps getting better, too. And I guess it depends on what you're going into as well. Yep. I know John John Tidy has a good video on doing a full mix using only stock plugins in Reaper. Yep. I'm sure there are equal videos online. Mm -hmm. Always pay attention to who's making the video, though. Yep. Some people suck. Uh, Some people are sponsored by somebody. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure there are, there are like, a the Ableton suite of plugins <clears throat> is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's all I used for a very long time. I didn't know how to use VSTs for ages. Mm -hmm. Logic, I know, has a very yeah. good suite of plugins yeah. as well. Pro Tools is okay. The I use Pro C until very recently on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not, no, no, no. That's that's sorry. That's FabFilter. What is the what is the or just comp yeah, comp one? The compressor. The co yeah, the Pro Tools compressor. It's fine. Uh, I I still know people that use the EQ seven. Yeah. Just all the time. Yeah, like, no, I use that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, from on the Pro Tools front, the only things I feel it's really missing is a um, a decent convolution reverb or a reverb right. in general. Yeah. A mm. reverb and a distortion. Deverb! What about oh. deverb? Oh, the worst. <laughs> when I hear that people are like, I use deverb all the time, I sort of like, I cringe. And I'm also like, how? There How is, do you get good results out of that? I want to know your secrets. Uh, there was a VFS grad that was working at Dice, David Jagetsu Day. I remember seeing a post on the Facebook page that just said, "Deverb in Battlefield, deal with it." <laughs> <laughs> he figured I, it out. I I give props to figure out how do people to use Deverb like effectively. Like that's <laughs> that's a miracle. But like verb and distortion, those are the only things I think are really like if. I had to be like, you mm -hmm. have to start all over and like for the least amount of money. Valhalla. Yeah, I, love, I would probably I go Valhalla. with for, for the like best bang for the buck. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, I'd go with Fog Convolver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's like 80 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's convolution and you can get Might everything. less, yeah. So yeah. I'm like that one and, and I'd probably pick up Decap. But yeah. I haven't looked if there's something cheaper. There might be something cheaper than that. Yet again, plugins keep getting better and changing. And there's probably newer distortions out there that... I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. That was a tangent and a half. Whoa. Uh, 
Recap. Know who your mentor is. As a mentee, know who your mentor is. Yes. As a mentor, know who you are. Yes. And where you are in your career. Are you qualified to be giving advice or if you're not are you aware of that Uh, and i think it's i think it's it's totally valid as a as a mentor to go i don't know yes it's it's almost in some cases probably more valuable than like trying to come up with an answer on the spot don't be don't get nervous about it no just say i don't know write the question down okay next time we're gonna talk I'm going to have an answer for you. I'll figure this out. I know. Or or let's both do research on it. Yeah. Yeah. See what you find out. I know my mentee asked me some stuff and I bounced those questions off of you. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know this. Like, this is not my area, but I'll find out for you. I'm going to go talk to some people. Right. And then I came back. I'm like, okay, you asked a freelance question. I talked to Gord (laughs) because he's a freelancer. So this is what he had to say about it. Mm -hmm. And it was great. That's the thing. It doesn't all have to come from you. Right. All right. To the questions. We didn't get any Jack Menhorn troll question this time. Jack, I'm sorry. Come back, Jack. We love your troll questions. Sorry. Uh, all right. Real question. Adam T. Croft okay. said, what is your least favorite part about audio? Intentionally open-ended and up for interpretation. <laughs> uh, gear. Yeah. More, More like... People that get offended by what gear you use. I don't run mm. into this anymore, but just the the old, yeah. if you use that, your crap thing. Right. Got an AT25 in here. I still love it. Yeah. 2035. AT2035. Yeah. It's a great mic. I don't care. I am I, almost using the C414 out of insecurity because I think they're, <laughs> I think they're like, I think they're almost equal. Yeah. This one's just 10 times the price. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous how much better stuff has gotten. Yeah, in the last ten years or whatever. I think the the part I hate most is like the 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 boring parts, the like bouncing <laughs> files and like yeah. I I love I love the theoretical designing, mm-hmm. like the coming up with the ideas and the how are we going to do this. I like the like making of the sounds part. Like I love that. I love coming up with processing chains for for dialogue yeah but the actual work but the actual end part yeah that, like you've designed the sound now bounce out your 30 assets you know, yeah, fucking name them you know, boring <laughs> i think that's why we're professionals though is because we actually do that part yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that somebody comes up to you with a game design idea and yeah. it's like oh great here we go yeah oh you're the you're, you're the idea person. oh the idea person okay yeah, yeah awesome <laughs> Do you know any coding? Well, no. I just, I just have an idea. It's got great ideas. Oh, okay. so you're, have you're, you, you're an artist. You can, you can, you can do. No, no, no. no. You narrative designer. Have you, you know, you've blocked it all out. You know everything that's going to happen in the whole gonna, dialogue tree. Yeah, you're going to write dialogue. You're, yeah. you're a writer. No, oh, no, no, just, no, no, just an idea. The spark. I've got the spark. <sighs> so that's what. That's why it's a job. <laughs> yeah. So, so we hate our jobs, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I hate parts of my job. That's for sure. Like, this is just, you know. Nobody likes bouncing files. I do I do like some of the boring stuff because I have a personality that likes to turn my brain off. Like, yep. Like, editing those thousands and thousands of lines at Clay mm-hmm. was a joy. Yeah. I was fine with that. I didn't think it was, like, furthering my, my career necessarily, like, by making great portfolio pieces or anything. Because yeah. it is just... Listen to all my dialogue. There's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> But I got real fast. Yeah. And uh, I think that's valuable. Yeah. I find um, 
I find that the super boring tasks mm -hmm. that I hate. I, I find what I do with them is I do try to figure out ways to do it more effectively, quicker. And and in some cases, it's, it's not even necessarily that it's an absolutely quicker way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's a way that makes me feel like I'm making more progress. Yes. At it. Yeah. And, and maybe it's actually slower, but when I'm doing it, I'm feeling more productive because I'm doing it a certain way. I go, well, I'm going to do this step, this step, this step. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, right, I've, I've completed step one. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm right. feeling like I'm getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if there's, there's other ways that might actually be quicker, but in that time, feel like you're not getting anywhere. Right. Because you're like, oh, I've... I've completed these 10 lines absolutely done, but I've got 90 more lines to go. And I'm like, oh, well, I did a way where I did a first pass and I got my first pass of all 100 lines done. And then I go back and do a second pass. So I've, I just find ways to sort of trick myself into thinking I'm yeah. more productive than I'm not. And then I'm like, yeah, well, this is boring, but I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. I think I hate, I hate making mistakes and I do them all the time. I hate it when I miss them, which, yeah. I, which also I do all the time. I always make mistakes and then I'll check things and deliver it. And it's just like, I'm like just selectively deaf to some things. File naming. I've gotten better at it, but I used to be terrible at accurate file naming. Yeah. But now I've got checks and balances in place for the most part to take care of that. Sort of, sort of relates to the next question. Mm -hmm. uh, Fender B on Twitter said, how do you keep pushing yourself creatively? Yeah. Okay. We've gone over this one before. I think so. Uh, I, <laughs> this flies right in the face of my gear comment earlier, but buying a new piece of gear is always nice. Yeah. Um, just giving yourself something to play with or else re-examining a, a plugin or a piece of gear that you have mm -hmm. that you don't know fully yet. Like I've got an Ableton push. I think I'm probably using it at five, at 5% of its capabilities. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I've, I'm. I'm still not in that upper echelon of like good gear. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm still in the middle ground. I feel that like sting of, well, why are you using that that you're talking mm -hmm. about? So I'm still mostly in the middle ground, but I've got a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel for me like I should probably stop buying mm -hmm. gear, but I've got enough that I can be like, right, for this, uh, I'm only going to use this piece of gear. I'm only going to use this microphone and this soft synth and this plugin. Yeah. I can so, like so making up batteries. arbitrary rules for myself yep. is a is a, a way I find to keep creative. Yep. Otherwise, because I, I, I find when I'm not get, being creative, I'm I'm falling into the same traps of the stuff I always do, mm -hmm. and it's because it's easier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that. I know if I do fucking put decapitator on it and put these settings oh, there, that's that's a thing. L one threshold to zero. But if I'm like right, okay. Go into Dynamics and randomly select a compressor. That's what you get to use. Right. You know, you're not allowed to use any other compressor other than that mm -hmm. one. See what you can do with that. So, yeah, arbitrary weird rules. Um, I also recommend going for a walk. Yeah. With, without your phone, sitting in a field with a pen and paper. Yeah. Come up with great, lots of great ideas that way. That's how I, th I came up with my sort of auto mixing system that I use a lot to this day. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah, just splitting tracks into multiple frequencies, sending those to to Pro MB. Yep. So things are kind of auto automatically pushing each other down cool. to clean up the mix. Um, it just reminded me of why I should keep a notepad next to my bed. Mm -hmm. I had a great idea last night for hot lava. Yeah. Can't remember it now. Oh no. 
But I'm like, dream diary. Yeah, lying down in bed. I'm like, oh, I should do this. This would be really cool. So keep a notepad. Or at least a pen so you can write on your hand. Sure. Yeah. I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. That was, uh, that's me in bed away from. Away from my computer, away from my project, away from everything. Like you're Which saying, is what bed should be. Yes. <laughs> don't don't put your computer in your bed. Yeah. But it's kind of what you're saying of like take a walk without your phone, go and sit in a field. For a long time. Getting away an hour. Getting away, an hour. Yeah. Getting away from everything can make you like kind of just sit and think about stuff. And, yeah, it's basically meditation. Yeah. It's the whole float tank. You have to get yourself away from stuff for long enough that your brain finishes. And there's a John Cleese talk on it too. I've gone, I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast for sure, but it's probably been a while. It's going to take you like 30 to 40 minutes for your brain to just get through all the junk. Yeah. Taxes are coming up. Oh no, I forgot to pay that bill. That kind of thing has to like work itself out and yeah. file itself away basically before you can actually get to important creative what do I want work. For lunch? What do I want yeah. for lunch? What's in the fridge? I don't need to go get yeah, groceries. It's like eat first <laughs> and then get out. It's so hard to do. Yeah. It's very, very hard to do yeah. to actually segregate yourself from your technology mm-hmm. and to go be by yourself. It's like torture for the, <laughs> for a while. Yeah. But then it's really awesome after yeah. it's done being torture. All right. Uh, Xander Hume um, asked a little bit more of a technical question. I want how to make the coolest anime piao swing sound. You hear a dozen or so times in this trailer. <laughs> you can't see the trailer. I actually think that that trailer is not a great example of those old anime sounds. Okay. But never mind. Never that, mind. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, so for me, I've, I've actually made some of those swingy sounds mm-hmm. recently for Hot Lava because we've got this like comic cartoon tie-in and I wanted to evoke some of that. Um, and I know some other people uh, have tried to do it too on the um, Slack team. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think about most is what did they have when they made those sounds? Right. Those are those are sounds from like the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. They were they didn't have a lot of gear, and from what I can tell, the two biggest things they had were tape compression and delay. Yeah. So limit yourself to those things. Mm-hmm. They're like. They're highly limited sounds, yeah. Probably through tape distortion, right? From just hitting tape really hard, and if you play with really short delays with high feedback, yes, you can. Those two things, I think, will get you in it. I think a lot of times when we we think about creating these old sound effects, we have so many tools available at our disposal mm-hmm. these days that we forget to like. Right? They didn't have all that. Yeah. And we get we get caught up in trying to add more and more stuff when you're like, really, it's like they didn't have anything. So like, yeah, make your tool set tiny mm-hmm. like they did. Yeah. So that's my biggest advice. And it turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got some pretty convincing ones with just Decapitator and yeah. uh, I think Echo Boy Jr. OK. Just delay and distortion. Yep. That pretty much got me. I might there might have been some limiting. Right. As well. So I limited even further after. But using those specific sound toys plugins, which are supposed to em- emulate analog gear as well. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I don't have advice on it because I haven't had to do it for any projects yet. I know that the company Tsugi yep. um, makes a plugin called Anime DSP and an updated version of it 
called Anime DSP something else, SSE or something. Yeah. And it's basically a magic button anime sound effect maker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know of any good libraries. Me either. But I'm okay. sure they exist. If you'd go on Sonus and search for it, probably. I might be interested in a library that was like badass old anime, anime sounds. sounds. Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. The contentious question. The hard one, huh? Uh-huh. John Bash. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on the place of game and audio careers in the world. Why choose games over something, in quotes, more beneficial? Yeah. For the record, totally believer in believer in vitalness of interactive art today. Just want to know how you'd approach, answer that, in quotes, problem. And uh, Shannon Mason also had a follow-up. This is a great question. Something weighing on many of our minds right now, I suspect. Yeah, it's a big one. I mean, this could just be a us just Matt and I just blathering on confirmation bias about why our jobs are not evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so totally. Because we're we're definitely not doing for the world what charity workers are doing for the world. You know? Yeah. The the follow your dreams career path is a selfish career path in many ways. I would but agree with that. We can work within it to make the world better by steering it in the way we want to steer it. Mm-hmm. So I listen to a lot of Mike Montero talks. He's the one that did the fuck you pay me. Yep. He's been getting a lot more political these days. But a lot of his things are, as designers, they do websites and graphic design and stuff. Yep. He takes design very seriously at a very deep level, mm-hmm. um, which is the way the world is the way it is right now because that's how we designed it to be. Mm-hmm. So that feeds into like what kind of jobs are we taking on and what kind of projects are we supporting and are they projects that are making the world better or are they making the world worse yeah because that's how they've been designed and if projects that aren't good for you know the betterment of humanity Mm -hmm. uh, are falling on your plate why are you taking them or why aren't you making more of an effort and taking more of a risk to make suggestions for how they could be better uh, for the world yeah. So this this is why I like working on things like Smarter Every Day. This is why I really like we're really happy to be working on Universe Sandbox, mm-hmm. things that are edu- educating people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have to really hang on to the things that make us make our jobs feel pretty feel worthwhile. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of value in entertainment because it enriches people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know exactly what to think of the question mm-hmm. when I first read it, other than kind of like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there, I agree as well that there's, I think there's a value in entertainment and that's worth something in the greater good of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm not, you know, saving somebody through heart surgery or, mm-hmm. you know, building a well for a stricken. Yeah, but country. we might not have an aptitude for that either, right? So yes. It's not like it's something we could do if we wanted. The the um so picking projects that make sure that I feel are adding to the world and not being detrimental is I guess one level at which you can be like I I do game audio, but all the games I do I feel are good entertainment. Yeah. or beneficial entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um the the very uh cynical voice in the back of my head says, well, if you don't think you're doing anything beneficial, go fuck off and do something beneficial then. Right. But that's 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 the, like, super end of the spectrum of, like, you know, to 
to dial that back, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if if you really feel strongly that you're just rationalizing, then then switch career paths. Like, yeah. I, you know, do something that you do feel is worthwhile and beneficial to, mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever it is you want to equate that to. For me, and like, this is definitely something I think about all the time too this is not this is not something this is not a question that's blindsided me Mm -hmm. um by by any means for me as an employer it's been it's really come down to can i hire to be the company i want to see in the world yeah rather than rather than just like just hiring as fast as possible people that can do the job and being you know the same old Mm -hmm. the same old tech company hire the company yeah be an example um which is great and i mean i see Speaking of like being example, I see you on Twitter and stuff when, when shit comes up, yeah, of you like donating to co- to to groups that are on the right side of things. Yeah, I try to, <laughs> you know, which I think is great. Like that's another thing you do. Like maybe you just make sounds for video games. Yeah, but you can still speak with your extra dollars. Yeah, whatever though. Like it doesn't have to be a lot. If you're just like, I can afford to give ten bucks to whatever group that I think is fighting for the rights I believe in, Mm -hmm. do that. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we all have to be going out and working as whatever X that is benefiting the world. We can still contribute from doing our jobs that we do do. Yeah. There's a philosopher named Peter Singer, who's a philanthropist and a philosopher on philanthropy. And like, what is the right way to give? And from a ra- very rational basis. Mm-hmm. And he is definitely not pro just drop everything and and go like... Ju- and Join the Peace Corps? Join the Peace Corps type thing. He's, if you're good at something yeah. and you're able to make a lot of money at that, mm-hmm. the, the money that you're able to give increases. Mm-hmm. So if you can be successful in one field... Yeah. then you're going to be more beneficial on the whole if you're willing to, you know, part with more of the dollars that yeah. you make. Whereas if if you're just poor <laughs> in the Peace Corps, then yes, you're you're adding value, you know, to the level of what your hours are worth, your yeah. actual working hours are worth. Whereas if you're able to go make a bunch of money as like an investment mm-hmm. banker, Without but you're willing to give a hundred grand of that away a year. That's, that's yeah, that's that's more value. Yeah. So yeah, there's your answer to that. That's that's a heavy one there. Yeah. Back back to a, a lighter question. Okay. Uh, do's and don'ts of working on headphones every day. Yeah. How do you manage hearing fatigue? Uh, I don't do it. I do, but I have done it. Um, just don't work too long. Um, I think open back and semi-open back headphones, closed, yeah. he- closed headphones are way worse right? for, for that kind of long headphone exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I work on headphones all day. Mm-hmm. I take breaks and that might just be like, I'm taking a break for five minutes and screwing around on my other computer on the inter- on Twitter or something, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm stopping sound design for five, 10 minutes yeah. or I'm getting up to go talk to somebody about something in the game so i'm leaving my desk i'm putting my headphones off and i'm going to talk to a designer about something or i'm going to talk to another person about the game they're working on or just yeah. breaks breaks away from my headphones yeah. in different ways that's how i do it yeah it's nothing i don't have any like magic about it but uh, i use semi-oba back and i take breaks yeah i, I know like real cardinal he uses 
headphones a ton for his personal stuff. He even mm-hmm. masters on headphones. Yep. And doesn't sound bad. I so. I pretty much mixed a whole album on headphones. Mm-hmm. And it sounds decent. It's definitely a knowing your gear and knowing the deficiencies and using your mm-hmm. meters. Using your meters with headphones. This is we kind of switch topics, but <laughs> this is like should or shouldn't you use headphones? Yeah. Um like just use meters when you're using headphones to make yep. sure your your low end isn't getting out of control because I did the trailer for the Xbox release of Rogue Legacy. I think I did that on headphones mm-hmm. without using meters. And yep. my bass was like insane and it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um I in the last, I don't know, year moved from uh AKG you were no, on the I, Amazon, I, right? I used the AKG Oh the headphones, um, yeah, yeah. K one four ones. Okay. Um I've used those for like years. Many, many years. Um so I feel I know them really well. Mm-hmm. And the ones I use most often are probably pretty soft because they're years and years old i've been using them for so long um and at work i recently switched to the, to the 240s okay because they're bigger and more comfortable and i made the made the choice because of the comfort thing that's another thing get yeah. headphones that are really comfortable yeah over ear are more comfortable than on ear yeah i've got grottos and they sound great but they're not very comfortable right <laughs> so the so the, the so the 240s are over ears and it and it I waffled back and forth a lot on, I'm like, I'm changing my headphones. Am I going to like hear stuff the same? Mm-hmm. They're close, but they are slightly different. Mm-hmm. So what's that going to do? It was like, my sound I'm going to be like thrown off for a little while as I get used to the new headphones and stuff. So, so I still have the 140s at home and I've got the 240s at work, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, I would say a large part of my success with working on headphones every day is I've used them for 10 years. Yeah. The same model. And the 141s are not the best headphones. Yeah. By any stretch. But I know the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Pick a decent set of headphones. Like, you know, don't don't just pick anything. But pick a decent set of headphones and stick with them. And listen to one speakers from time to time. Yeah. Because when the, you... the only way you can learn your headphones is if you listen to your work on other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely reference back and forth a bunch until you're confident that what you're hearing yeah. okay, is going to translate. Are, okay, these are a bit bright, so that therefore I might be mixing my highs a bit low. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learn, which just goes back to all your gear. Learn your gear. Yeah. All right. That was all the questions. All right. Well, you look beat. I am tired. <laughs> I can do like one thing a day. Oh God. All right. Well, I hope that gets better. Yeah, maybe next next time we'll have a I'll have a, I'll have a better health report. <laughs> right. Uh, we didn't do announcements up front, but I don't think I really have anything other than that panel I'm on, which I announced. So you're on a search panel. for me on the Pax Dev. Thing. Yeah, come down to Pax Dev. Uh, I will be with Clay at at Pax. Okay. So come by the come by the Clay booth if you're at Pax and say hi. Matt will be sleeping. Probably. <laughs> In a corner, you can poke me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave swag at my, my feet. <laughs> um, like a tombstone. <laughs> Matt's tombstone is just going to be a stack of t-shirts and some toys. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> um, me and me and Kevin Regmi from Power Up Audio will be talking at Game Sound Con in November. So uh, get tickets for that. That'll be really great. Yeah. That's, I think, I think my only announcement. Um. I got some new toys that I'm going to make some more music with when I'm feeling better, which I'm excited for. Cool. Uh, 
it's not really an announcement. That's just a thing. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.